Good morning. Thank you for being with us this morning. We've got some more folks that are going to be coming in over the next few minutes. So we're glad to have you with us uh, here at Flagstone Worship today. For those of you who are joining us online, thank you for being with us as well. Need to share a, little, a few announcements with you before we get started with our worship this morning. Glad to have all of you guys. I wanted you to know, first of all, um, on every other chair here in the worship center, we have one of our bulletins. And we'd like for every family uh, to make sure to pick one of these up today and know what's going on with the, with the Flagstone family this week and, and some activities that are coming up uh, down the road you know, over the next few weeks. So if you look inside, there's a lot of information here, a lot of different things that you can uh, sign up for and be a part of and invite other people to as well. Uh, the one big thing that I want to draw attention to is um, what we announced last week is our, um, our wiffle ball tournament that's going to take place this afternoon on the uh, south side of our building. We love for you guys, even if you're not going to play, just come watch and hang out with us. And uh, we're helping uh, Logan McReynolds, one of our Flagstone kids, uh, raise some money for our little free pantry for the Northwest Arkansas Food Bank. So if you can help out with that, just come have some fun watching kids and bigger kids, adults, uh, play some wiffle ball. We'd love to see you this afternoon. If you're one of our guests with us today, if this is your first time here, or maybe you've been here uh, two or three times, you've never taken the time to do this, we'd like for you to click on this QR code up in the top right corner. And that will bring up a form on your phone where you can share with us some contact information and also ask some questions about Flagstone and some things that we do and some of the ministries that we have. So if you haven't done that yet, we'd love for you to do that. Once you know, we're not going to flood you with uh, emails and texts or come by your house or anything like that. We just want to know who you are, want to know where you came here from, and want to know if we can help you in any way. So please take the time to do that um, if you haven't done that already. We will be taking communion today during our worship time. And we started a couple weeks ago uh, passing our trays of bread and juice when we take communion together. So I wanted you to know uh, when communion comes, we'll have some thoughts and a prayer. And the first prayer will be for the bread. And when those trays are passed, the bread will be in a cup like this. And uh, you'll just take the cup and, and eat the bread, put the cup back in the tray and pass it on. Same thing when the juice comes by too. So I wanted you to know how that's going to take place when we take communion together today. Um, the other thing is if you've got kids with you, uh, we are... So glad that you brought him here to worship today. If you'd like to take advantage of this, we have childcare available all during our worship time today. And you can take your kids from third grade and younger right across our lobby um, to our children's check-in center. And we got volunteers ready to take care of them, provide activities and snacks and, and things for them while you continue to worship with us. So you're welcome to do that anytime during our worship today. If you'd like to keep your kids with you uh, all during worship, you're more than welcome to do that if it would help. We have some activity bags with coloring sheets and crayons and things like that uh, available for them. And those are on a table right across our lobby as well. And so if you'd like to grab one of those uh, for your kids, feel free to go right now and grab one so that they can have something to keep them engaged while you continue to worship with us. I think that's about all I need to tell you about this morning as we get ready to worship today. I'm glad that you're here. I'm excited that we're going to be worshiping with you. Um, right? Well, you can already tell. Technology is an awesome thing until it doesn't work. And then it's a frustrating thing. So we got one screen that's just not working this morning. And so uh, at some time during our worship today, it may magically pop on. But uh, until that happens, we'll continue to have the other screens working the way they're supposed to. And we'll continue to worship together. But I wanted you to know that ahead of time so that you're not sitting here all during worship going, why is that not screen one screen not on? It's not our fault, but we're working on it. So um, I wanted you to be aware of that. I'm excited to be worshiping with you today. I'm excited that our praise team is going to be leading us in songs. We're going to spend time with the Word today. They're going to spend time encouraging each other today and maybe even meeting some new folks today. I'm glad you chose to be with us. Let's pray to God. Let's ask him to bless our time of worship, and then let's begin 
praise in his name together. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to worship you, for being able to come to this building and, and, and see some friends and meet some new folks. We're just excited for that opportunity. For those who are watching online with us and participating with us and connecting with us in that way, we're so thankful for that. God, we, we just are glad to be able to worship you. Thank you, God, for being our God, for being our Father, for, um, for forgiving us, for always being present, for always being willing to help, for loving us no matter what. We praise you for that, God, and we thank you for that. We hope that that comes through in all of our worship today. And God, especially I pray for those of us who are here this morning or who are even online with us this morning who are carrying burdens, who are weighed down by by sin, by guilt, by stress, by fear, by relationship issues, whatever it is, God, we believe you have the power to heal those things. We believe you have the power to help and the desire to help. And so give us the willingness today, God, during, during our singing, during our time of celebrating your grace uh, as we take communion together, during our time in your word today, may we start to let go of some of those things, give those things to you, maybe even share some of those things with this church family so that we can be released from those burdens and live this free life that you want us to live. God, we thank you for your grace and your love. We pray that everything we do this morning in our worship brings us closer to you, that we hear you speaking to us, that we leave here ready to go be the people that you've called us to be. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Flagstone. Hey, everybody on your feet this morning. Oh, heaven is in my heart. Oh,
It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Good morning. Hope everyone didn't get pranked too hard for April Fools. Uh, looks like everyone's uh, no broken bones or anything, so it seems like we're doing good. The lesson today is about what to do uh, when you're feeling distant from God. I feel like this is always, always a relevant question because no matter where you are in life, if you haven't felt distant from God, I feel like you will at some point in your life. So this is very good. I feel like for all of us, including me, uh, very, very good. Uh, I'm going to start off with Matthew 26, chapter 26, verses 26 through 30. This is right after Judas betrays Jesus, and Jesus calls him out at the uh, Last Supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he gave it to them, he broke it. And the disciples, and he said to the disciples, take this and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink this. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it in the, my Father's kingdom with all you. Let's pray for the bread. Dear Lord, I pray for the bread, which represents your body that you sacrificed so that we could be in heaven with you one day. I thank you, Lord, for your infinite wisdom and your guidance to the path of righteousness. I also pray for everyone in here that feels distant from God that you reconnect them and speak through Marshall today to help them come back to you, Lord. I pray all these things through Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer. God is with 
Let's pray for the juice. Dear Lord, I pray for the blood of your body that you sacrifice so that we could be in heaven with you one day for forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for the love that you always welcome us back to you, no matter how distant we get and always there for us, just like the shepherd sought out to find the one missing lamb. We pray all these things through Jesus' name. Amen. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Amazing you, my king, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. I'm forgiven because you You were condemned, and I'm alive and well. Your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, it's my joy to honor you in all I do, I honor you in all I do, 
All right, let's everyone stand for the song before the sermon. <clears throat> Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone, higher than my sight, high above my life. I will trust in you alone, in you alone. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you, whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah, light into the world, light into my life. I will live for you alone. You're the one I see, knowing I will find all I need in. I will follow you, whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah, in you there's life everlasting. In you there's freedom for my soul. In you there's joy. Back in my uh, younger days, when I was in college and, and right after college, I had, uh, you know, multiple roommates. Like my freshman year of college, I had a roommate from New Jersey. We met when we got to college. Got along great, you know, just as the semester went on, just kind of, you know, we got along fine. We kind of went different paths. He got in a different, you know, fraternity or club or whatever than I did, and we had different majors and stuff like that. And there was one time I killed this fish. There was one time he accidentally melted part of my winter coat. So, you know, just some things happened along the way. 
no animosity. We just kind of went different ways. So the next semester, I had a different roommate. And again, I can't remember where he was from, honestly, but, but we got along fine. Uh, you know, just as the semester went on, we're, we're seeing each other. We're hanging out some, but then we start hanging out a little bit less and less. We're hanging out with other friends, stuff like that. Uh, then I had, you know, a roommate um, for a, a couple of years. We were, like, really good friends. Um, another roommate after that, really good friends, really got along well. When I moved to um, Rogers, started doing uh, full-time youth ministry. Had a roommate then. We were sharing a duplex. Um, and he had a job where he was, like, gone. He was working down in Springdale uh, at a furniture store and was gone by, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, which was not when I was up. Uh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm doing youth ministry, so he would come home at night, and, you know, he's in bed by, like, 9 o'clock, and I'm still doing stuff with teenagers or, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm up. So it wasn't really that we didn't get along. We were, we were friends. We were friendly, but we were never around each other. We just kind of, you know, we, we helped share the bills, uh, every once in a while we do things together, but not very often. And you've probably had roommate situations like that or living conditions like that, maybe even, you know, in the house you grew up in, some of your siblings, you never even really saw each other. Uh, you just kind of pass each other in the hallway and, hey, what's up, and, and you keep moving. We, we had those kind, of, those kind of situations. It's not bad. It's just, you know, there's, even though we're living in the same place and we have some kind of a connection with each other, there's just distance there. And maybe that distance over time gets, you know, kind of bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I want us to be thinking about those, those kind of connections as we start getting into um, what we're going to talk about today. And this morning, to be honest, we're not going to talk about, you know, roommates. We're not going to be talking about marriage relationships or dating relationships or anything like that. If you want some words that we share together on that, go back to our last series that we had on It's Complicated. We talked a lot about relationships, and I would invite you to go back to our YouTube channel or go back earlier on our Facebook page and find uh, those sermons where we talked about um, um, improving our relationships. But we are going to talk about a, a relationship this morning. We're going to talk about our relationship, just one particular relationship, and that's the one with our God. And we started talking a few weeks ago about this, this abbreviation, IDK. I don't know. And we talked about how just those three words... It can be so frustrating for us because we like to know. We like to know the answers. We like to feel like we like to feel like we have it all figured out, or even if we don't have it all figured out, we know where to find the answers, and or at least to to come across and convince other people that we have it all figured out, even if we don't. Right? We want to at least present that face. And so when we have to say I don't know, or when we feel like we don't know something that we feel like we really should know, that becomes very frustrating. And especially when, when it's things that that we're really convinced I should know the answer to this already. I should know how to do this already, and I just don't. Or maybe I thought I did, and, and now it's not going the way that I thought it would. We struggle with that. We wrestle with that. We wrestle with not knowing. And so we've been talking about things that a lot of us, uh, struggles that a lot of us have in common are things that we just don't know or don't know how to do better than, than what we're doing now. And so this morning I want, us to be, I want us to be thinking about and talking about those times when I don't know how to feel closer to God. This is the relationship that we're talking about today. Just our personal, my one-on-one relationship with God. My connection with Him. And it's, it's those times in our lives when we haven't, we haven't completely walked away from our faith. Still believe in God. Still love Him. Still trust Him. You know, it, it's, it's not that we haven't 
you know, that we stopped going to church. It's not that we stopped volunteering. It's not that, it's not that we, we've stopped believing at all. It's not that we're not trying to be a good person anymore. I just don't feel that closeness. I'm not walking away from it. I just don't feel it. And I know we have to be careful sometimes about just basing everything on emotions, but a relationship is, is partially an emotional connection, right? And our relationship with God includes a spiritual connection as well. And if that seems to be fading, if there seems to be a distance there, that can be really frustrating. Especially if we can't figure out why it's there or what to do about it. And that's what we want to talk about today. How do I feel closer to God? And, and when those times come when I feel distant and then I start to feel guilty because I think I should be closer to God. I think I should feel closer to God, right? I get envious of other people who I, I assume or, or maybe I see or maybe I see them post stuff on their social media. And just It seems like they're so much closer to God than I am. And I'm, I'm envious of that. And, and not that I don't want them to have it. I just want that for myself. Or I feel bad that I'm not there already. What do I do about that? That's what we want to talk about today. And if that describes where you are this morning, or if it describes where someone you know is this morning, then I want, I want us to start out, before we get into some kind of some practical steps, I want you to know two things, two truths this morning. As we start recognizing and realizing there are those times when we feel distant, when we don't feel as close to God as we used to. And truth number one is this, and I invite you to write this down or just, just commit it to memory when these times come. Truth number one is this, when it happens, when I don't feel close to God, I am not the only one. I am not the only one who has ever felt that way. I'm probably not the only one who feels that way in this moment. And I want that to be reassuring. I want you to know that this, this is not excusing it, saying, well, then it's okay. I can just continue to feel distant from God. But just to recognize you're not the only one going through this. I'm not the only one struggling with this. There's all sorts of people. There's people throughout Scripture. There's people throughout, you know, your lives. There's people in this room with you right now. There's people who are online watching with you right now who at different times, maybe even right now, feel more distant from God than they have in a long time. It could be family members. It could be friends. It could be our church leadership. It's me. It's happened to me. You're not alone if you feel that way. And truth number two is this. I am not a bad person. Just because I feel some distance, just because I'm not feeling as close to God as I did at one time, that doesn't make me a bad person. And maybe somebody has tried to convince you of that, like, oh, if you were a better Christian, you would feel closer to God. That's not always the case. There's really, really good people throughout Scripture who struggle with their connection with God from time to time. Then make them bad people. You're not a bad person just because you feel distance. There may be some things that need to change. There may be some things you can, that you can control, that you can do different, but it doesn't automatically, automatically make you a sinner just because there's not a closeness there. And I'll give you a couple of examples. We talk about David multiple times. David is the guy I mentioned in the Old Testament that has done a lot of different things. We look at a lot of the stories in his life, but if you read through the book of Psalms, most of those were written by David. And they're basically songs, just song lyrics of songs that, that David wrote in, in his kind of defining his relationship with God. It's kind of a journal of his spiritual history with God. And you got one psalm where David is going, I can't figure out how to get away from God. If I, if I go here, he's there. If I go there, he's there. Everywhere I go, I see and I feel God. 
And it's a beautiful psalm, and it just makes you, you know, just, oh, man, I, I want that closest to God. I want to feel like I see God everywhere that I am and everywhere that I go. You know what? In Psalm 13, David cries out to God and says, God, how long am I going to feel this disconnection from you? Same guy wrote the same, both those songs. Same guy wrote the words, God, I feel you everywhere I go, and wrote another song that said, God, I don't know where you are right now. And I don't know how much longer this is going to last. In, the, in, in your Bibles, there's a book called Job, written about this guy, Job, that had all sorts of wealth, all sorts of kids, and lost it all in an instant. And lost his health at the same time, and things are going so bad for Job. And, and he's got friends telling him, well, there's something that you've done wrong. There's this disconnection between you and God now, and you fixed that. And Job even talks about that. He's honest about that. And in, 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 uh, in Job, there's this one point where he says, "If I, I mean, people are telling me to go, go connect with God. I go to the east, I can't find him. I go to the west, can't find him. North, south, I can't find him. I just feel this disconnection right now. Didn't make Job a bad person, it just made him really honest. Jesus felt disconnected from God sometimes. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he cries out, My God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you separated yourself from me? Why can't I feel you? Why are we not connected right now? But I think those emotions even started before Jesus ever got to the cross. When he's in the garden before he's arrested to go to the cross, He's feeling alone. He's got his disciples with him because he feels so overwhelmed and alone right now. And he's, he's begging them to come with him. He spends, he spends hours praying to God and he's asking them to pray too. And he keeps coming back to his disciples and finding them sound asleep. And he's just struggling with this feeling of loneliness and disconnection. Does that make him a bad person? I don't think so. And so before we get into just like practical things that we can do to, to improve our connection with God, I want you to know when those times come, when I don't feel close to God, I'm not the only one who feels that way. And I can talk to other people about it and I can reach out to other people about it for help because I'm not the only one and I'm not a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad Christian when I feel that disconnection. But I don't need to stay there either. I don't need to stay disconnected. So what do I do when those times come? What do I do when I just don't feel the closeness to God that I used to feel? I don't know what to do. What should I do? That's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes. There's going to be really a lot of really practical steps today. I've got a lot of things to share with you. I want to try to do it as quickly as possible. So I'd invite you, you know, on the back of your bulletins is some space to, to jot some notes down. I would invite you to write these things down or screenshot them if you want to. Come back and, and listen later and, and, and write some things down. And I will also say this, the things that we're, that we're going to go over, you may not need to do all of them. There may just be one or two things that if I work on this, this will help. So I hope this helps this morning. But I'm going to try to move through it kind of quickly. Some things that I can start doing to help me feel closer to God. Number one, if possible, I need to figure out what the source of the distance is. What created this distance? And, and the key words there, if, if that's possible, because sometimes I don't know what created the distance. I, I haven't. I haven't figured it out. I tried, and I just, I, I can't feel it. But sometimes, if I, if I just take the time to be honest with myself and to pay attention, I, I can recognize why that distance is there. And it can be for all sorts of reasons. I'm, I may have just gotten really busy. 
busy with life, busy with my job, busy with doing stuff with, with my kids, busy doing stuff with my friends. I got this schedule I got to keep. I got all these things I got to do. And just that, that connection with God just kind of got put on the back burner. And maybe it's, you know, trying to keep up with, with family time, with all of our activities, maybe even just my free time. I had time where I could spend time trying to connect with God and get closer to him. And instead I did something else or a lot of other things. Not that those things are bad, but it's just recognizing there's some times where I could have worked on that relationship, and, and I didn't. Maybe it's my social media. Maybe it's my binge watching. Maybe it's a certain relationship that I'm in. And now that I have this friendship, or now that I'm dating this person, that connection is drawing me away from my connection with God. And I need to recognize that. I need to figure out what is causing the distance. What's at the source of it? And let's be honest, sometimes it's just my own sinful choices. I'm doing some things that God doesn't want me to do. And because of that, there's a distance between me and him. He talks about that with his people in, in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. He says, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. There's this, there's this barrier, there's this wall between me and God because there's some choice that I've been making, there's some action that I've been taking, there's something that I'm engaged in that he doesn't want me to be a part of. And as long as I continue to engage in it, as long as I continue to, to fill my mind and, and, and my time with that particular thing, there's always going to be that disconnection. And maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit that I shouldn't be in. Maybe it's, you know, Alcohol, drugs, porn, food. I mean, there's all sorts of habits that I can get myself into that disconnect me from God. Maybe it's, I'm just not being honest with people. There's some, there's some dishonesty. There's some, there's some things that I'm not being real and genuine about with some other people or even with him. And it's keeping me disconnected from him. Maybe there's some anger and resentment that I, that I just will not let go of. And th those people deserve for me to be angry. They hurt me. They hurt somebody that I care about, and I'm resentful about that. But as long as I hold on to that resentment, as long as that continues to be a presence in my life, that's going to continue to cause that disconnection between me and him. Maybe I'm just being really selfish. I'm so focused on, on doing things and getting things for myself and getting everything newer and bigger and better and, and giving myself more things that I can brag about or at least feel proud about compared to other people. And the more that I'm focused on me, the less I'm focused on him. There's all sorts of things that can be at the source of this disconnection. I need to be honest about that. I need to open my eyes and see what is it. What is it that is causing me to feel disconnected? Is it sin? Is it a relationship? Is it priorities? If, if I have control over it and can change it, what do I need to do to change it? And that brings me to the second action step. I need to work on getting rid of what I'm calling the one thing. If it is one thing that I can identify, then I need to go ahead and, and work on getting rid of that thing. Once I've identified what the source of the problem is, then I need to work on getting rid of it. In Mark chapter 10, as Jesus uh, is talking and teaching with different people, there's a guy who comes up to him who's very wealthy, but also a good person. And he comes up to Jesus and he says, I want to know, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I need to do to get eternal life. And Jesus says, you know, obey all the rules, be a good person, do the right thing. He says, I'm doing those things. And then Jesus says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 21, says, he looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. There's one thing 
that's keeping you from being as close to God as you could be. There's one thing that's keeping you from being connected with me in the way that you could be, and it's your money. So go get rid of it. And then we're going to have this close connection. You're going to have this relationship. You're going to know that you have eternal life. You're going to know that you have this blessed life right now. You can experience it. It's yours to have. But you've got to get rid of this one thing. And that's true for me as well. And, and I, can, I can wish for closeness to God. I can wish for that relationship to be better. I can hope that things get better and, and improve. But if I don't do anything about the one thing that's causing the disconnection, then it's never going to be what it could be. I'm never going to be as close as I could be. It does no good to know what might be the problem and not do anything about it. Brandon Dodd, our youth minister, and I were talking about this earlier this week because he and I both have a habit I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and throw him under the bus, but I'll go with him. It's me and him together. Uh, we have this habit of having a check engine light come on on our dashboard and thinking to ourselves, ah, I'll be fine. And it's no big deal. I mean, I even rationalize it like, hey, it's not bad until it's flashing. It can be on for a long time. Once it's flashing, the manual says once it's flashing, now that's a problem. There's something wrong. There's something not functioning the way that it should be in this car. Go do something about it. Ah, it'll be fine. That's what happens to a lot of us in our relationship with God as well. There's something that's causing a disconnection. I even know what it is. It'll be fine. It's not that big a deal. I can still work on this relationship and not let go of this, right? Till we get rid of the one thing, till we get rid of the source, it's going to continue to be a problem. Another thing I can do is I can just pray about it. Just pray. And when we talk about praying about our, our specifically our relationship with God, I'm, I'm talking about two things having to deal with that. First of all, praying to God about the distance. I mean, asking God to to make it obvious, to, to make it obvious what the issue is, or, or just asking God to reveal himself. God, I feel disconnected. Can you, can you somehow draw me closer to you? To be honest with him about that, to ask him to remove what, whatever the barrier is, but just ask. Just be honest with God. God, I don't feel close. I want to do something about that. And then the second thing about praying is just maybe, maybe I just need to get in a better habit of praying in the first place. Maybe that's one of the things that I don't do is actually pray. Maybe it's a quick prayer over my food. Maybe it's just a quick prayer with my kids before they go to bed. How often do I spend time talking to God and not just giving him my grocery list of requests, which is not a bad thing, but if that's all that my prayer life, that's all that my conversation with God is about, it's not enough. God doesn't want me to just use him as Santa Claus and ask him to fulfill all my wishes. He wants connection. He wants relationship. God wants me to talk to him about, here's what happened in my day today. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm really happy about. God, just let me tell you about me. And he may be thinking there, sitting there thinking, well, he already knows about me. He's God, right? He already knows who I am. He already knows what happened in my day. Doesn't matter. I may know what happened in, in the day in my kids' lives. You know what I love? My kids sitting and telling me what happened about you know, in their day. I love that. Don't you know your Heavenly Father is the same way? I just want to have that relationship. I just want to have that connection. I just want to communicate. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, two very simple words. 
pray continually. It's so simply said and yet so hard for us to do. Or maybe that's just me. It's hard for us to do, to pray continually, to be a constant state of conversation with God. And, and maybe there's ways to help with that. Some people use a prayer journal where they actually write down or, or type out um, their prayers. Some people have, you know, have some kind of a prayer devotional book. Those things can be very helpful. There's, some, there's all sorts of different resources out there that can even give you things like, here's some things to pray about. Here's some things to say during your prayer to get us in the habit. But folks, if we're not, if we're not even trying to get to a point where we feel like we're praying continually, where, where we feel like we're in regular conversation with God, we're going to continue to feel distant from him. Because any relationship, friendship, marriage, family, if I'm not talking with those folks, I'm going to feel distant from them. I don't know what's going on in their lives. They don't know what's going on in mine. And it's the same with our God. We need to pray. Also, it might help if I just learned to soak up Scripture. And I worded it this way on purpose. I didn't want to just talk about just, hey, read your Bible, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. And I think if you have, you know, a daily Bible reading a schedule or a regular Bible reading schedule, I think that's awesome to open up God's word and allow him to speak to you. I mean, we have um, our, our Read Scripture um, app that, that we're using here at Flagstone, our Read Scripture program, and you're welcome to join, join in on that. Matter of fact, Jason, I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but maybe we can put that in the comments on uh, YouTube and Facebook, how you can join with us in reading through the Bible in a year's time. And you can just jump in where we are right now if you want to, if that would help. But if I'm feeling disconnected and distant from God, starting a habit of reading, starting a habit of spending time in Scripture is awesome. But what I might need to do, what might be better for me to feel closer to God is actually slow down and, and maybe not just do this like a regimen, like, um, you know, just some time thing that I got to get done every morning. But actually take time to soak it up. Maybe just read a paragraph. Maybe just read a verse or two. And just say, what is God really trying to say to me? What is he trying to speak to me right now in these words? To really, to really sink in, uh, allow those words to sink in, to really, to really soak up what God is saying. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And the very first part of that, what does he say? Let the, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it dwell in you richly. Let it sink deep. Let it inhabit, inhabit you to your very core. It's not just about, you know, putting on a timer and going, okay, I'm going to read for 30 minutes and just blankly kind of perusing through some words. Stop. Listen. Let it sink in. Let it soak. Let it dwell, Paul says. Let the word of Christ get into me. And, and maybe there's some things that can help with that. There's daily devotional books. There's the Bible reading uh, uh, plan that I just mentioned. There's some, if you want to find me afterwards, there is a Bible reading plan that I recommend to people who have never started reading their Bibles before. It's hard to start in Genesis and start working your way through. And I've got a different plan that might be helpful to help us start to sink in a little bit more, to help, help you soak it up a little bit more. But the more time that I spend in God's Word, the more time I allow Him to speak to me, is what's going to help me feel closer to him. 
So I need to start soaking up some scripture. Maybe it would help if I would just be still. Just be still for a few minutes. Every day or at least a couple times a week. In any relationship, when I take the time to tune everything else out and just, and, and just be with that person, that fosters connection. That, that perpetuates that, the health of that relationship. And the same is true with God. And sometimes I need to find a way to, to just be still and be quiet. Some people use meditation to do that. I'll be honest with you, I'm not very good at that. I, if it works for you, that's awesome. If you want to tell me how, great. It's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world for me to do. So what are, what are other ways? Just I mean, go for a walk, and as you're walking, look at nature and be aware of God's presence. Be aware of what, of what God is doing. Just sitting on your porch, just going, standing by the creek, whatever it is. One of the amazing things, I, I've gotten to go on a couple of trips with our teenagers to the Rocky Mountains to hike a mountain. And one of the things that we do with the outfitters that, that lead us on that hike uh, is what they call solo day. We go for a few hours in the morning. Just everybody has to go off by themselves. We don't have any technology with us. All we've got is our Bibles and this little devotional book uh, that they give us and, you know, a bottle of water. That's it. And you got to go out for hours. And for the teens who had never been a part of that before, and they say, you know, go out and have some quiet time for a few hours, going into that, they're like, oh, seriously? What am I going to do for three, four hours? I'm just going to stare at the same tree for that long? I mean, you know, and, and you, you walk into it going, this is going to be so frustrating. I'm going to get so bored. And inevitably, almost every single person that experiences that comes back when we meet for lunch and either say, I can't believe how fast that went, or they say, it wasn't enough time. I felt closer to God in those moments, than I ha- in that moment that I have in a long time. Because I tuned everything else, everything else out and just got still. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's where we start. Maybe we've become so focused on the busyness and the things and the voices and the noises in our, in our daily life that we just need to push everything out for a minute and just be and be with our God. I might need to get some help with this. I don't have to try to do this alone. I don't, I don't have to feel like I've got to figure all this out by myself. It may help me to find someone else who can help me with this process, someone who, who can be honest with me, who can be real with me and, and point out maybe what the sources of the disconnection are, somebody who, who I recognize has this connection with God, and, and I want to have that as well, and they can model it for me. They can walk through this process with me. Just to ask somebody, let's help me learn how to pray. Help me with, with Bible reading. Let's get together on a regular basis and, and talk about our relationship with God. I don't have to go through this process all by myself. Even asking somebody else just to pray for me. Will you pray that I can feel closer to God? Will you, will you intervene on my behalf with him so that I can improve this relationship? In 1 Samuel chapter 23, back in the Old Testament, we were talking about David earlier. It's a point in David's life where David was on the run for his life. He was in the wilderness. There was people trying to kill him. He had been separated from his family. As a matter of fact, he had to move his family to a different country so nothing happened to them. He's, he's frustrated. He's hurting. He's alone. You read through some of the Psalms during this time. He's crying out to God and going, God, I feel completely empty and overwhelmed. 
And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 16, Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh when he's out in the wilderness, out in the desert by himself. He went to him and he helped him find strength in God. We have no idea what all was a part of that conversation. We have no idea exactly what Jonathan did to help David. Just that simple phrase, he helped him find strength in God. He helped him renew that connection. He helped him feel God's presence once again. He helped him do it. Now, it's, it was up to David. That's David and God's relationship, but Jonathan helped. And maybe that's what I need. I just need somebody to walk with me through this and help me feel this closer connection. If I'm struggling with how to do that, I might need some help from someone else to help me do that. And then one of the things, one other thing that I think can help us with this relationship, with this closeness with God, is to celebrate the good stuff. Celebrate the good stuff that God is, is already doing. And sometimes, sometimes the reason that I feel like he's not close to me is because I'm only focused on all the things that I need from him, that I need for him to do, and I don't pay attention to what he has done or is currently doing. I'm so focused on everything that I want, and I, I want him to take this action. I want, God, I need this, and I need this, and they need this. And I don't take the time to just be still and recognize and celebrate, man, look what God has done. Look what God is doing. And, it's, and to, to be thankful for that, to honor him for that, and to recognize that he's been present this whole time. And maybe I just missed it. Psalm 103, beginning verse 2, says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I mean, look at the good things that, that the psalmist mentions right there. God gives me grace. He gives me healing. He, he rescues me from difficult situations. He shows me love. He shows me compassion. He gives me the material blessings that I need. He gives me the emotional strength that I need. God is already doing those things. And the psalmist here says, man, I just want to praise you, God. I just want to thank you for a minute for all that you're already doing. This guy is singing about it. Thank you, God, for what you are doing, for what you have done. When was the last time that I did that? When was the last time that I just, I don't know, took a piece of pen and paper out and just started writing down all the good stuff God's doing and just thanking him for it? When was the last time that I just prayed not a single thing that I wanted for me or for somebody else, but just prayed a prayer of thanksgiving? God, thank you for and just start filling in the blanks. If I would stop sometimes to recognize and to celebrate all the good stuff that God is already doing, it's going to improve that connection with him. It's going to help me feel closer to him. That's a lot of different helpful tools that I just gave you. And I went through them as quickly as I could. And I don't know if you remember all of them. I don't know if I could remember all of them without looking. And so again, I hope maybe you wrote them down or I hope maybe you come back and, and look at this again. 
And it's not an exhaustive list. This is how to get the ball rolling. But, folks, I, I hope we all want to feel closer to God. I hope we all want to, want to feel like this isn't just a routine that I'm a part of. And, and, and I, I come to church, and, yeah, I'm a Christian just in case there is a God, and, and I don't want to go to hell someday. I want us all to feel a, a, a connection, a relationship with him. And to grow in that, to, to feel closer on a regular basis. And if you're not there, there's ways to help with that. But there's some mindsets that we got to have. There's some things, there's, a, there's some attitudes that we got to have in this process in order to, in order to make it work. And I'm going to share these with you very quickly and we'll be done. But if I'm going to pray more and, and be still more and celebrate the good stuff more and recognize the source of the distance and do something about that, if I'm going to do those things, there's a mindset, there's some mindsets I got to have ahead of time. And the first thing I got to do is I got to be intentional. I got I to gotta make growing closer to God a priority. I got to make it something that I'm, that I'm not just assuming will happen when I start doing these things. I got I to gotta make sure that I make it happen. Any healthy relationship, any relationship that I'm in doesn't just happen. It takes it takes focus, it takes effort, it takes time, it takes purpose. Sometimes I even have to plan to spend time and, and to connect with that person. I need to be intentional about it. I need to be consistent. These things that, that we talked about need to become habits. I don't need to try them for a week or two and then be like, uh, I got distracted and I'll try again on down the road. I need to be consistent with it. I need to consistently pray. I need to consistently soak up scripture. I need to consistently celebrate the good stuff. And I may have to schedule some of those things in order to get into the habit. I may have to put some reminders on my phone. I may have to, to tell people, no, I can't do that at that time of the morning because I've got, that's my time with God. I may have to have somebody hold me accountable. Maybe somebody that I trust that, can, that I'm okay with that person saying to me, hey, have you prayed this week? Have you spent some time in the Word this week? But I need to be consistent with it, and then I need to be patient. And this, this may be the toughest one of all. This distance that I feel between me and God probably, probably didn't happen overnight. It probably took a while. It took some time. I, I, I started getting busy with some other things, and the more I did that, the longer that I did that, the, the further away from God that I got. It may be, you know, this relationship. It may be this habit, but it took some time to get there. If it took some time to create the distance, it's going to take some time to get it back, to get the closeness back again. And you be patient with that. And that's really hard for a lot of us. It's really hard for me. And those times that I feel that I do feel distant from God, I want that closest now. I pray for it. God, help me feel close to you right now. And then like an hour later, I'm like, still not there yet. And I think that's what we, what we struggle with. We want results now. We want this closeness now. We want to feel like we think that person feels about their relationship with God. We want that now. I want to feel close, God. I want to feel it today. Matter of fact, by the time we're done with this worship service, when I'm walking out those doors, when I click off the screen, I want to feel close to you. It's not necessarily going to happen that way. It would be awesome if it did every single time. It's not necessarily going to happen that way. But if I'm intentional and if I'm consistent and if I'll be patient, we'll get there. I'll get there, and I'll feel that closeness. I'll see those new habits forming. I'll reconnect with him in a way 
that maybe I haven't been connected with him in a long time. I don't know how many of us are struggling with our relationship with God right now. I don't know how many of us feel that distance. And if you feel amazingly close to him right now, maybe closer than you ever had before, praise him for that. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're experiencing that, and I hope you continue to. If you feel distant, maybe some of the things we talked about this morning will help. If you need some help with that, get a hold of me, get a hold of one of our shepherds, talk to somebody sitting around you. There's no need for you to feel like you got to do that all by yourself. We can help. But I want us to feel, I want all of us to feel that connection, that closeness again. Now I'll say this. My wife, Christy, and I have been, to get, been together, been in a relationship with each other for 28 years. Next month, we'll celebrate 26 years of marriage together. And I wish I could say that the connection between she and I has always been super close. I mean, every single day, just, just feel a little closer than we did the day before. But there have been times when there's been distance between the two of us. There's been times we've been sitting on the same couch, sleeping in the same bed, and feeling miles apart from each other for a variety of different reasons. Maybe it's just time and schedules and we just hadn't spent any time together. Maybe there's some words that one of us said that was hurtful to the other person. Maybe there's some actions that one of us took that was hurtful to the other person. And there's just distance there. But it hasn't lasted long when those times have come. And I don't know that we have any secret formula to that, ex except for this. There's one key thing that we have wanted. We have, we have always wanted to be connected to each other. We've wanted to feel close to each other. And so when those times come that there is distance, we don't want that. We want the closeness. Does that make sense? And I know that sounds really simplistic. But I want you to hear me this morning. We want that close connection so much that when we don't have it, we do something about it. We acknowledge it. Hey, I'm feeling distant from you right now. We talk about it, we communicate about it, and we do something to resolve it and to move past it. And I share that with you because I think that part of what may not necessarily be causing the distance, but at least fostering, continuing the distance between me and God. So I haven't really wanted that closeness. I mean, I, I might say I do, because that's the right thing that, that, that Christians are supposed to say, but it's not a priority. It's not something that I, that I feel like I really want, and so nothing really changes. So I want you to know this. In case you never knew this before, or in case you forgot, I want you to tune in and hear this this morning. My God wants to be close to you. He wants that connection with you. He doesn't want distance between the two of you. In Acts chapter 17, verse 27, as Paul is talking with some people who don't know much about Jesus, and he's talking about how God created everything and how Mankind messed it up and how God sent his only son 
into the world to, to create that closeness again, to get rid of sin and, and to be with us so that we know how close God wants to be with us. It says in, in Acts 17, verse 27, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not very far from each one of us. God is right here. He's not far away, and he wants that closeness with you. He wants that closeness with me, but he wants you to want it too. He wants you to want that closeness with him. He wants it with you. He wants you to want it too. Here in just a moment, we're going to stand up together and we're going to sing a song. And it's a song of prayer. And it's a song, I mean, for me, it's kind of one of those older songs that I've sung since I was a kid. Maybe it might be new for some of you. But it's a song about wanting to be close to God. And as we're singing that song together this morning, I would encourage you to be asking yourself a couple of questions. The first question to ask is, do I feel distant from God? Right now, where I am in this moment, do I feel close or do I feel distant? The second question is, is there something I can do about that? Of all the things we talked about this morning, can I take some of those steps? Maybe one thing, maybe a couple things, maybe start on the whole list. Are there some of those things that I can do to, to shrink down that distance? And then the third question to be really honest about, do I want that? Do I want that closeness? Because all these steps that we talked about don't really matter if it's not something that I really want. If you're feeling separated from God right now because of whatever it is, choices you've made or just life is happening, you feel disconnected, you're welcome when we stand together and sing to come and share that with us. And know that you're not alone and know that you're not a bad person and know that this church family wants to help. And we will accept you and we will pray with you and we will do what we can to help you. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you've never put your trust and your faith in him, you never put his son on in baptism, we can make that happen today. You can start having a closer connection with him than you ever have before. And you're welcome to come and let us know that this morning as well. If you don't move from where you're standing as we sing, I would invite you to, to be really honest in your own heart with yourself and with God, maybe even talking to him in your own heart and recognizing there's a distance there, God, and I don't want it to be there anymore. I want to be close to you. And again, if we can help, we want to. We love you. So does our God. How can we help connect you, connect you closer to him? Let us know as together we stand and sing. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling day. I don't want to worship from afar. Draw me near where you are. I just want to be where you are. In your dwelling place forever. Take me to the place where I just want to be with you. I want to be where you are, dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, 
surrounded by your glory in your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. I want to be where you at your table, surrounded by your glory, in your presence, that's where I always want to be, I just want to be, I just want to be. Paul and Kathy Dugan uh, have come forward this morning asking for prayers. There's a whole bunch of folks already surrounding them who I already know. Um, in case you didn't know, we've, they've been on a two and a half year journey uh, with their son, um, Dustin, um, with the cancer that he's been battling and, and going through surgeries and those surgeries not going as expected and all sorts of other health issues that have compounded on top of that. Um, and this last week, um, after some scans, they discovered that his cancer has returned and uh, it's in his skull and surgery is not an option. And so they are discussing treatment plans this week and then the decision will be Dustin and his wife Shelley's.
um, whether he wants to go through with treatment and, and fight or whether he wants to just uh, have the best time that he has left uh, without suffering through side effects of treatment. And I don't know how you make that decision. And uh, I don't know how you walk with your son through that decision. And so that's what they're praying for, is um, healing, if that's God's will, because we believe he has the power to heal. Um, but even more than that, a willingness to accept whatever God's will is in this. And that's a whole lot easier said than done. And so we're going to pray for them today. Um, we've, we've talked all morning about feeling close to God. And, and maybe that's the biggest thing that they need right now is just to feel God's presence as they're struggling through this. And so there's a ton of folks already down here. Anybody else that wants to come down and, and just surround them uh, as we pray together is welcome to do that put a hand on them or put a hand on somebody that's got a hand on them and let's let's bring them to the throne together this morning let's join together in prayer God, we got to be honest with you this morning. There are times when we just don't get it. We don't understand why things happen the way that they do. And we can't see how we're supposed to handle those times. But God, we, we trust. We trust that you know what you're doing. And that even if we don't ever get it, that we can know that you love us no matter what, that you are walking with us through difficult times, sometimes dragging us, most often carrying us. And we pray that that's what's going to happen right now with Dustin and his family, with Paul and Kathy, with all of them, that they will, they will feel your arms around them holding them strong, and even carrying them through the decisions that they have to make. God, we pray for healing. We pray for you to remove this cancer or for the treatment plan to work or whatever it is, God. We pray for, for more days on this earth for Dustin to be with his family. God, we pray for Dustin and Shelly to have the wisdom and the insight to know what decision would be best and to be at peace with that because they know that's something that you've guided them to. We pray for Paul and Kathy as they feel helpless in this whole situation and, and want nothing more than for their boy to be healed. Help them to not let go of their trust in you. Help them to stay strong in their faith. 
Help them to continue to feel your presence and to be at peace. Help them find peace, God, no matter what the future holds. Help us as a church family to continue to lift them up in prayer, to continue to check on them, to continue to be strong for them when they can't be strong for themselves. And help us all, God, as, as we watch how Dustin handles this whole situation, to, um, to see you and to feel your presence throughout this whole thing, throughout this whole process. We love you, God. We believe that you are God. We believe that you have power. We believe you are listening. We believe that you're already moving the answer. And we pray all these things based on that faith through your son, Jesus. Amen. I don't know how we transition from that, but we're going to do the best we can. You guys are welcome to stay down here if you want to. It doesn't matter to me. Um, one of our shepherds, uh, Monty Morton, is going to share a couple things with us very quickly. And then we'll have one more song and we'll wrap up our worship together. Thank you for being a part um, of our worship this morning. So I 100% agree with Marshall. I don't know how to transition from that to this. So the first thing I was going to mention is a wiffle ball contest. Which is a good thing, um, and that is going on this afternoon. I, I encourage everybody to pick up the bulletin here and take a look. There's some, some activities going on in there we won't uh, give the details to in here, but they're there in your bulletin. I do want to draw to your attention. There's a couple of uh, next Sunday morning, or excuse me, Easter Sunday morning, we're transitioning our adult Bible classes, and we're going to... Uh, be moving a couple of new topics. One will be here right behind us by the Connection Center. We'll be Delian leading us in a, a study of some of the Jewish feasts and how those feasts, we read about them, we talk about them in the New Testament, but we really uh, don't know a lot about them. So he's going to guide us in a study there. And then Luke Jackson is going to take uh, another group, and they're going to look at family discipleship. Luke Jackson um, has not been here that long, but we've already roped him into doing some leading here with us with regards to that class and he comes to this with a, from a background in youth ministry as well as a family counseling and so I think that's going to be a great class. Inside the bulletin there is a, a code to scan that allows you to fill out a survey and he's going to use this survey in the study and so whether you plan on going to the class or not please go fill out the survey because uh, that will create some some information for us that he wants to try to react to. And I think that's all the, um, the announcements I have this morning. Um, Paul and Kathy, you're in our prayers every day. Um, and so we will transition to another prayer here and then one more song and then we'll be released for the morning. Hey, Father, we come to you now and we just thank you for the <coughs> family that we have here. And Father, we thank you for the love that is is in this building, and Father, we just ask you'll help us to um, just continue to share that with each other and, and share that with those outside of our body. And, and Father, we ask once again that you'll be with the Dugans and, and help them as they go through this, uh, this very difficult time. Be with Dustin particularly and, and allow him to know that uh, whatever he decides, whatever 
um, happens that he is your child and that you love him and you have him in your presence and uh, in the end he's going to be with you regardless of what and father just uh, help us to accept what your decisions are help us to um, just trust in you and father we we ask that you'll be with um, this body here that there are there are others sitting here that are going through struggles as well and father we know that they are um, hurting and in need as well and father we we know you know what those needs are and we ask that you'll be with those and and be with them and encourage them and, and help them to draw closer to you and and father we just ask you'll be with some of the activities that we have planned here at the congregation that through these activities um, we can help others and serve others and through these efforts that others will see you living in us that others will see that there's a there's a uniqueness about God's family and that um, we're we're focused on you and that we're trying to share your love with others and father we just ask that through these events and through the difficulties that we're all going through that uh, above all else that uh, everybody see you and you are glorified father we thank you for sending christ so that we can have this confidence we thank you for allowing him to to die and uh, take the place for us and we thank you in his name Let's everyone stand as we close this morning. <laughs> so won't you sign me up? Sign me up for a Christian Jubilee. Won't you write my name, write my name and put it on, on the road? Christian Jubilee, won't you write my name? 